Welcome to Cabin Minute Cast. The scenario has been chosen. The ritual has begun. We are ready to appease the old gods one minute at a time. I'm Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com. Hello, and I'm Molly Balin of LittleRedMark.com. And in today's episode, we're covering minute 37 of The Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> <laughs> I just think of the clerks. Shout out to Clerks Minute. <laughs> Kevin, I love clerks. <laughs> yeah. So shout out to Clerks Minute and then shout out to Jay and Silent Bob Minute because there's actually two clerks related minute podcasts. That's right. That's right. <laughs> two for good stuff. So uh, in this minute, 37, uh, this is the minute that I'm going to dub. The minute of a hundred awkward looks. Mm, yes. It's a ballad of awkward. Yes. And what I was thinking about this minute was the musical tone, the shift in the music. The music to me is like, I don't know, it's really different here. Um, it is, yeah. It's a lot softer. And I feel like these three minutes in general for this week feel like they have a, a different tone than anything else. Like they also seem like their own little mini, not romantic comedy, but more like <laughs> bad sitcom. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I don't remember feeling as uncomfortable now that I'm really looking at the minute. I don't feel goodness deep, deep down inside of my belly. Like it just feels like yicky. Do you have a yicky sense with this too? Yeah, this... I was sort of glad it was just going to be the two of us. And I mean, we chose it that way. We were, you know, we make choices about when we're going to have guests on and when we're not. And part of the reason is we're getting to this or, you know, maybe you have a different way of describing it. To me, we're getting to this very tricky little part where Jules has, you know, gone full, full stereotype of this real ditz ditzy girl and to me i think part of what makes it so uncomfortable is because she's playing this role that we've seen so many times in you know whether it's tv shows or all the horror movies or just everything it's unfortunately such a familiar character and it's it's quite it's quite diminishing mm. and it's it's a bummer to me i think that since we know how this movie's paced out that it's not going to be long before this character dies and our last few minutes with her are her acting very uncharacteristically and yeah flirting with a an old friend but in a way where she, it almost is as, a, is as if she is possessed mm. so i feel like she's a different person but of course you know this may go without saying but just to be very clear of course it's not because, you know, we certainly have no judgment of her becoming this ditzy person and then, oh, good, now she's dead. So we don't have to mm. deal with her. You know, like it's a horrible <laughs> stereotype of a character of a female character who also has, a, you know, a death. So I don't know if I'm explaining that quite right, but it's just the way I feel about it is almost... I think in this day and age with us too, I feel extra sensitive and aware of this characterization of, of women and in a, such a kind of simplistic and ditzy sort of 
mm-hmm. character. And uh, yes, we know it's a stereotype for the film and that film is looking at poking fun at this genre, but it's also so well done that it's that it's uncomfortable. I don't know. That's how I kind of feel about it. What are your thoughts? I think there's a little bit of a violation on a couple of ends here because she's been chemically manipulated. This isn't her fault. So her behavior is is hers, but it's not hers. And so that's a little bit sad because she's you know, she's a victim because she's been manipulated and then she's a victim again, that it's turned her into something that is requisite to be sacrificed. And I concur there's a sadness in that these are her last minutes and they're not dignified ones. They're not mm, indicative of the depth that we've even seen of character of, of her being a really, really good friend in the beginning of this movie. And now she's just very boundary breaking and, and oversexed. And so that's part of that boundary breaking is uncomfortable for us, but also we as an audience instinctually know where this is going to go. She's not long for the world. And so once her and Kurt jet out the front door, we know not good things are going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And then I definitely feel for, you know, Marty, because he's so aware of things not being quite right and he's he feels it seems like oh okay a minute ago or two minutes or whatever you're talking about being in a womb of reefer but it's almost like this bubble of actual reality whereas everybody else are the ones that are living in the non-reality so it is it's the opposite of what you would expect we've been kind of talking about that how he's the one that's aware and it's the rantings of a paranoid stoner but in fact he's really seeing it all so then i feel super uncomfortable for him because of what he's experiencing he's seeing i have this paused and it's like paused where she's you know, knelt in front of him and has got the joint between her fingers and is sucking, you know, sucking a drag off the joint. And just his body language is just telling it all. And then even um, Holden, you know, has kind of got like a bit of a blank stare too. Mm-hmm. Like this, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, This is like the Twilight Zone or something. This is, this is a different version of what everybody maybe thought they were getting into just a fun, jolly good time out at the <laughs> at the palatial estate. <laughs> I know we were going to take some knife hits and play life, and this just did not go the way we wanted it to go, like at all. <laughs> yeah, I will say this: I think it's interesting that she takes a drag off of his joint. You know, there's like a real sexiness to that to me, like the sharing of a cigarette or the sharing of of a joint here just feels really, I know it's not a cigarette, but I I feel like there's other movie scenes we've seen where a character shares a joint. There's an intimacy in that. In fact, there's an intimacy in that. And to fast forward to the end of this movie where both Marty and Dana share a joint at the end of the brink of the end of the world. So there again, this is an intimacy that comes up again, but there's something really sexy about it to me, you know? And even though this is, and, and he's uncomfortable with it, Marty's uncomfortable with it. You know, so there's a part of me that it feels like there's a little bit of like mixed emotions for him, that it's kind of sad for him, but it's also a little titillating for him too, because they did. She is recalling a moment mm-hmm. that they had in the past that was actually sexual. And because their relationship isn't that way anymore, and her boyfriend's like being 
fucking dick and like dancing in the corner <laughs> during this whole thing, which is, and you know, watching. So that's kind of awkward. So there's all of these relationship bendings that are happening in this moment, but I still, I think it's really masterful. I think it's a really masterful moment that it's, it's, it's sexy. And it's also anticipatory as an audience member. She really leans into him in this. He's like, we've always been close. And she has that, you know, close mm-hmm. comes out very round and she leans in. So you, you get this sense of like, are they going to, is she going to like lay one on him? So yeah. And, and then when she gets up, because like you're saying, there's a, a crouched shot because they're both at kind of like waist level. Cause he's sitting down, you get this like, gratuitous ass shot on the right mm-hmm. <laughs> of her just dancing again and her shorts are so short you can see the pockets poking out of them at the end it's just right. pulled in and dana are looking really awkward on the couch yeah they're giving yeah they're really like earlier holden was saying this is happening mm-hmm. right when it's like ooh, i'm gonna get a little peek of dana Mm-hmm. You know, it was such a different vibe. And then he's kind of like, oh, this is happening. Like, oh, shit, wait, I got to make mm-hmm. this stop because Dana hasn't, you know, given me permission to look at her. Uh, she just happens to be on the other side of this mirror. And this is like a different this is happening. Mm-hmm. That's so like this is happening. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> just- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> such a good point yeah. yeah that's a great connection yeah i i think there's a a collective feeling and i think that you know there's this beautiful little aside here with marty the lighting is so cool because like the back of his head is really in shadow and it's dark and then you've got the lighting presumably from the fire that's just on his face and there's the slight tilt of the camera and he's like I have a theory about this and it's super ominous. He's totally the weed wizard in the corner. Like I know what's going on. And it's just bam, just cut off by Kurt. Yeah. And Kurt's like tumbling for, I mean, I think Chris Hemsworth does a great job here just with his body language. You know, he's totally in a different space than the seated people. You know, he's like you said, he's still doing his little jock dude dance. And then he's like kind of almost stumbling forward like a total Neanderthal, you know, in in that stereotype of like a real Neanderthal (laughs) of a, you know, real dumbass. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, oh, that's my cue to leave or whatever, you know, like, oh, let's get out of here. We don't need to hear any of this stupid theories or whatever it's time for us to bail on this and and uh yeah tommy chong here (laughs) has a theory (laughs) which i like i like the idea that cheech and chong are still like the go-to in 2012 like do you think that's like pretty relevant or should he have said something else even slightly more modern of a reference yeah than tommy chong i mean it gave me a laugh but it stood out like i don't remember hearing that in the movie when i originally saw it oh i think tommy chong is like an old reference because tommy chong's got to be in his i don't know late 70s now yeah you know we just have expanded cannabis culture so much it's come it's come so far yay cannabis culture you've come so far that i feel like (laughs) You know, you've got Harold and Kumar and you've got Dude, Where's My Car? 
And, and those are old references. And they are. Yeah. And even that, you're right. They're, you know, over a decade old, but are, you know, even we were mentioning clerks, you know, clerks is a, you know, a nineties reference of, of weed culture. So we have more recent iconic, you know, weed references. And then I'm thinking of uh, Jason Bateman played an amazing Rasta weed stoner. I'm trying to remember what movie that was, but he was epically good in that. So yeah, I feel like Tommy Chong is a very ancient weed reference and, and maybe that's, I don't know. He's 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 the he's the man. He went to jail for bongs. And actually, as a side note, side trivia: Tommy Chong shared a jail cell with Jordan Belfort, who is the real Wolf of Wall Street. So if you guys were a fan, right. of, yeah, yeah. So I guess that Chong gave him some insight into yeah, you should totally write a book or something. And and now we have this beautiful movie, Wolf of Wall Street. And there you go. So that's another weird pop culture clash there definitely made me laugh and like keep him in there you know he's still doing his thing mm-hmm. so yeah yeah and he says come on baby and then they're what does he say tell it to egghead here mm-hmm. if he's not too busy de-virginizing dana so there is that the first reference to her being a quote-unquote virgin mm-hmm. yeah yeah this is the most encompassing of the tropes so you've got right. Visionary, who is Marty, with the reference of Tommy Chong. You've got Egghead here, who is Holden. So he's become the scholar in all of this. And you also have Dana being mentioned as the virgin. It's coming out of Kurt's mouth. And so even though Kurt's not referencing himself, he has become the fully actualized dick. <laughs> Absolutely. <in this. laughs> he is the full you know yeah the athlete but aka the jock yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so i feel like in that line that's completely encompassed everybody we've 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 gotten there we've arrived right i would definitely say the same about this so minute 37 everyone has fully been framed out so they've all now embodied their roles Mm. we have the athlete we have the fool we have the we have the jock or pardon me we have the virgin and we have the scholar and so yeah all in one room all doing their thing that says that that's what they are and i think with dana even um sneak peeking into the next minute there's something a little bit more doe-eyed about her Mm -hmm. that kind of gives her that like soft soft cheeked soft lipped one of big eyes sort of a virginal sort of look so yeah and her hair looks really good and i was going back i'm like god i just feel like she got like a blowout in the middle of all of this I'm like, <laughs> girl did you go back in the bathroom and like get the hot rollers out because your hair is looking <laughs> really good <laughs> so yeah i agree i i feel like they've made her dewy and and round and soft and yeah virginal in that way yeah and so then so kurt and jules are making their way out the front door and dana says jules do you want to go lie down and i think you know that's another part of why this minute feels uncomfortable she's like kind of doing that check-in you do with a girlfriend Mm. it's like hey are you you know do you want to maybe go take a nap or take a breath or take a you know check yourself before you wreck yourself kind of a little (laughs) check-in with her and she's just out the door you Mm -hmm. know kurt's just like that's exactly the point you know like i'm gonna go we're gonna go lie down outside and you know you know wink wink nudge nudge and and then even jewel saying don't push me around as they head out 
Like, yeah, that's not how we want Kurt, you know? Yeah. Kurt was so likable in the beginning of this, and now he's pushing his drunk girlfriend out the door. Not great. No. Yeah, and then um, the guys are kind of looking contemplative and a bit uncomfortable inside and and we end the minute the thing i liked about this here was dana dana the door is wide open and kurt and jules have left and dana is um standing at the door and before she closes it she looks out and this breeze comes by Mm -hmm. and it really felt like the winds of change i mean that might sound really literal but (laughs) that's what i thought of when i saw it like there's it's kind of like there's no turning back from here mm-hmm. no i totally like, yeah 100 percent agree looking out that door to to a scary movie that cannot be rewound like whatever the uh ritual has begun there's a bad wind to come in yeah 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 and, and i think again because it's movies by minute and we're analyzing and scrutinizing that's another minute that's also stood out to me that maybe I felt in terms of a beat in terms of the you know the emotional beats of the of the scene you know upon Mm -hmm. seeing it a few times but in really looking at the minute they do take a good long pause here I feel like she's shot in this the way she's framed out in the door is like scary movies 101 Mm -hmm. like this image could be in any scary movie yeah it's the beautiful woman looking out out into the distance of knowing that there's some shit out there that's not so good, right? Because her, yeah, friends have gone out into the woods and and who knows what happens. Well, we do, but you know, she doesn't right now. Yeah, but you're right. That's totally the stereotypical horror poster, wind in the hair, looking off in the distance, bad shit a coming. Yeah, and then right after that, she goes to the keg. <laughs> And gets a big, big old beer. And the thing that that stood out to me is this is pretty much where we end here. Is that I mean I I remember when I was of the age and at the time in my life where we were getting you know kegs for the party, mm-hmm. for the barbecue or the whatever, the all nighter. And I never it was never all that high. Like this one looks like it's up on a counter or a table or something. Mm-hmm. And then it sounds like when she's pouring it, that it's like gloppy, like, you know, you kind of learn the first couple of times you tap a keg to like put the nozzle against the side of your cup so that it's not just all froth Mm -hmm. by the end. And this just seems like it would be a big frothy, horrible beer that she pulled. (laughs) And it just seemed weird to me that it was so high. Like I always think of it as being like in, we always had it in the tub surrounded by ice so mm-hmm. it's like in the bathroom in the tub it'd be surrounded by ice so i don't know that that just that part of it was like oh this is weird i don't i never remember doing it like this before yeah i don't ever remember thinking to myself let's go ahead and put a keg about six feet off the ground and stretch to get the beer so we can't even really see the spout so this is a really interesting, I, I mean, I think it's a beautiful shot. You know, I love that it's shot above and, and you, we do get a little bit more of this in the next minute. But, you know, this is that beginning of, of that moment where Marty and Dana check in with one another, where really it's Marty checking in with Dana 
but mm-hmm. you're right. It, it's really to serve a, an aesthetic purpose and not a practical one at all because it looks awkward. Yeah. Awkward. Yeah. But I do think it's really funny that she's worried about her friend. She's like, well, we're going to go get ourselves another pint of beer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes that's just like your default. Like, I don't know what to do. I guess I'll have another drink. Yeah, I guess so. So yeah. And then Marty says, you seriously, but, and then it's cut off until Mm -hmm. our next minute. Yeah. Was there anything else about this minute that you wanted to comment on? Nope. I think that pretty much covers it. Yeah. And like you, I, I really didn't didn't remember the uncomfortableness of this minute until we got into it. I was like, Ugh. so we can now be done with this minute, move on to the next one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and never have to analyze it at this uh, at this sort of level ever again in our lives if we choose. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'd be a really weird purgatory. You're like, let's take the most awkward minute out of a beloved movie and just keep just keep with that. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we ready to put this in the ground? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's pull the plug on this one. Uh, so yeah you can find us at cabinminutecast.com and um, thanks for going along the ride with us even in these uncomfortable moments and uh, yeah we'll um, I guess we'll see everybody back at the old cabin (laughs) 